And it is Jesus that makes Christmas glorious. Good morning and a very blessed Christmas to all our listeners. I'm Wilfred Jack. Welcome to Echoes of Calvary with Senior Pastor Robert Elliott. We're especially glad this morning that you've taken time out of your Christmas festivities to join us. We have been studying in Luke chapter 2, and today we come to the conclusion of this series as Pastor Elliot takes us to the wonderful voices of Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 20. As you listen to today's teaching, please ask yourselves three questions. One, what shall I leave to know more about Jesus? Two, am I making Jesus known to others? And three, will I connect the dots about Jesus? Again, a blessed Christmas to you all. Now here's Pastor Elliot. Well, a blessed Christmas. This is actually Christmas morning. Trust you are enjoying all of the things that make for family celebration of Christ's birth. Uh, maybe you are going or you have already gone to a church service, a worship service. That's excellent. Or maybe uh, you are also gathering for a meal today with your loved ones. That's wonderful. Enjoy your time celebrating Jesus' birth. To finish out our time in Luke chapter 2, I want to jump back into the true story at verse 15. And it came about when the angels had gone away, that is from the shepherds, and it came about that when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as had been told them. I want us to see that in verse 15, that when the angels left the shepherds there in the evening, the, the darkness and the stars, and when those angels had left the sky before the shepherds to go back to heaven, that the shepherds said right away, let's go straight to Bethlehem. Of course they would do that. I mean, if you had angels appear to you on the night shift as a shepherd, and they told you that the Messiah, the Savior of the world, had been born in an adjacent town, of course you're going to leave the sheep. Of course you're going to go straight away to Bethlehem. What are you to leave? To straight away go and learn more of Jesus. The shepherds were responsible for those sheep. And if those sheep went missing, there were severe consequences for those shepherds. 
But they threw that reality to the side because something was more important. Something was more important. God had shown them truth and they needed to respond to the truth. Let me ask you, what truth has God shown you in his word? Have you dropped everything else at risk of repercussion to go and be about that truth? These guys left their sheep. <laughs> the predators could have come and had lamb dinner. They left that risk with God, and they went and did the right thing, and they went to find the baby. Let's go straight to Bethlehem, they said, and see the thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste. They didn't waste any time. They came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. I don't know how many places they had to inquire at. But somehow the Holy Spirit led them to the barn, the outbuilding, where Jesus and his parents were, and they found him. Have you found Christ? You know about Christ. You've heard about Jesus. Have you found him? Are you actively seeking him if you have not as yet found him? You can find him. It wasn't impossible for the shepherds to find the baby. In fact, they were given advantages and help and hints and direction to find the baby. And that's what the Word of God does for you who need to seek and find Christ. He's in the pages of Scripture. And what the Bible says about finding Him is how you will find Him. Trust Him to be your Savior. Enter into 2017 with New life in Christ. Well, these, these shepherds went straight to Bethlehem. They did it in haste. They inquired. They knocked on doors, I suppose. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. 17. And when they had seen this, they saw it with their own eyes. It moved from theory to, to actuality. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child, this unique child, this one-of-a-kind child, this child that will never be another child like him, and there never was another child like him before him. When they saw this child, and all that the angels told them was borne out to be true, they did something. They made known what the angels had told them. You know, if, if you have found Christ one year ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, if you have found Christ, you had best make him known. Speak up. Give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you're redeemed, say so. This is not the time for secret Christians in the Bahamas. 2017 is not the time for us to go mum, silent. Make known what you know about the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 18. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. So what we see is two different responses to the birth of Jesus. 
there was the response of wondering. That's what the persons who the shepherds told the message, what they did. They wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds, verse 18. But in verse 19, Mary did something different. Mary treasured up all these things and she pondered them in her heart. When I looked up the Greek that is translated wondering or pondering, treasuring, they're slightly different. Those who heard the shepherd's report wondered, that is, they marveled, they were astonished in a positive way, versus Mary, the biological mother of the Savior, she treasured these things, she pondered these things in her heart. So here's the deal. Mary sat in that barn and then beyond that barn, and in her mind and in her heart, she connected the dots. She treasured up and she pondered. She connected all the dots of what had happened and what it meant to have God in your family. Those that the shepherds spoke to It was a little different for them. They didn't connect dots. They just dropped their jaws wide open (laughs) at what was told them about this birth. I think there was a place for wide open drop jaws, but there's also a place for connecting the dots. I challenge you to move past a wide open mouth that God became flesh and dwelt among us to die for our sins. Move past the astonishment to Mary. Move past the shepherd's audiences to Mary and what she did. She connected the dots. Maybe for you, that's going to be connect the dots from the point of your conversion to today. Connect all the dots of what God has done to bring you to where you are, to take you to where he wants to take you. When the celebrations end, 2017 rolls onto the scene, and you develop a consistent quiet time with God early in the mornings before you start your day each day, why don't you start 2017 by connecting the dots? Mary did, and it would be good if you did. Lord, thank you for this Christmas story that is truth. For all its many significant faces, and implications. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were willing to come. Thank you, Father, that you were willing to send him to us. Lord, may this be a Christmas season and then a new year where we make you known. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. Sit back, listen up for a short Christmas devotional we'd like to share with you. This Christmas devotional is titled, A Special Birth, A Special Child. It is written by Dr. John Hanna, Distinguished Professor of Historical Theology, Research Professor of Theological Studies at the Dallas Theological Seminary. The scripture verse is Matthew 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. That Jesus came into the world is a fact made clear in the pages of Holy Scripture. It is a truth 
that is utterly central to our understanding of Christianity. Without the Incarnation, we could not joyfully sing Charles Wesley's great line, Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, Hail the incarnate deity, Pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Without the God-man, there could be no Calvary, no appeasing of God's just wrath, and consequently no resurrection. Without the Incarnation, there would simply be no hope. The question before us today is not the fact of the Incarnation. That is indisputable. It is the question, why? Why did Jesus come to us in such an unusual way? Our text tells us that before Mary and Joseph cohabitated, she was pregnant. It was not a pregnancy born of promiscuity. That would have been grounds to discontinue the betrothal arrangement, but it was a pregnancy. Who was equipped among their peers to understand such an anomaly? It was impossible, at least as far as our minds can fathom, Mary could have had a normal conception, avoided a lot of embarrassment and fright on Joseph's part, and eliminated criticism by the nation's leaders. Could it have been to preserve the baby from the stain of sin? She had a real mother and grandmother. Unless all mothers in Mary's lineage from Eve were without sin, how could maternal chromosomes be devoid from sin's taint? The answer is wonderful. Jesus came to us in a way no one else has ever come to help us understand that he is special, that he is unlike every child we have held in our arms. He is God incarnate. God's gift to us to accomplish what no other child could ever do. Come, let us adore him. And thank you, Pastor Rob, for that devotional. Today's Help for the Hurting segment is brought to you by Calvary Bible Church's Christian Counseling Center. That's Triple C, located at 58 Collins Avenue, Nassau, Bahamas. If you'd like an appointment or more information, dial 323-7000. That's 323-7000. Or email the Counseling Center at cccbahamas at gmail.com. That's cccbahamas at gmail.com. And now, Pastor Robert Elliott. Good morning. I'm very pleased to have in our recording studio this morning uh, three colleagues from the University of the Bahamas who have training in the matters of counseling. I have uh, Professor Anastasia Forbes. Good morning. Good morning. Professor Vicente Roberts and Dr. Suzanne Newbold. Good, Good morning, morning, everyone. Good, Good morning. morning. Thank you. So thank you for being here. This morning we want to address a very um, important topic that is something that faces Bahamians uh, of every walk of life, and that is depression. And of course, sometimes depression leads to suicidal thoughts or actual suicide, which is so sad. So I'm going to talk to our friends about these needs, and they will bring some light to bear on 
depression, and suicide. Well, let me just circle back. Um, would there be any sort of summation thoughts that any of you would have to do with depression? Let's mm -hmm. start with that. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think I start with the fact that we, we need to nurture good thoughts. Um, we are created um, under God to, uh, to do good, um, to experience the blessings of life, to wake up every morning um, appreciating those blessings and being thankful mm -hmm. in everything. Uh, no matter what the circumstance is, there is a way for us to find and navigate our way through. So my, my thoughts are hinged around the fact that this is all centered around negative thoughts that trigger behavioral response that doesn't quite resolve an issue that you think is going to resolve an issue, that the emotions then begin to, to take over, and as a result, we have a burial in life. Mm -hmm. we, we live in a space of death. It's almost like we entered the cemetery before we were buried. Huh. I appreciate that. Uh, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And I think what you're saying is that our thoughts are not just in isolation. They will change how we view things, how we feel, and what we do right. or don't do, right? Yes. Anybody else with any thoughts on depression? One of the things, um, just piggybacking off of um, what Mr. Robert said about the negative thinking, one of the things I encourage my students to do is to be the gatekeeper for their mind, mm. um, to always challenge the thoughts that are coming through. And being a filter, you know, um, if, if there's no truth, you know, to the thought, um, don't, don't allow yourself to muse on it. Just discard it. And if it keeps coming back, keep continually doing the same thing until you've learned how to channel channel those negative emotions and those negative thoughts. That's yeah. Anastasia, that's very good. Mm -hmm. Philippians so good. tells us about what to think about. Mm -hmm. And I think if we check out that list, things that are lovely, pure, uh, we would find that there's an uplifting element that would res result mm -hmm. that evolves out of that. Um, I do, I do believe too that as we look at, at life from God's perspective, we see that not how, not what we are expecting in life or think the way it should go, but the way God intended it to be will give us a track on which we run. We see life a little differently. As a believer, we know that all things work together for good. Mm -hmm. the, it didn't say only the good things mm -hmm. are going to work for good. The mm -hmm. good, bad, and indifferent mm -hmm. will be drawn together in a, in a, like a mosaic. Yes. You see? Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's pieces of our lives that has to be broken mm -hmm. so that it can, the best part of it could come out. Mm -hmm. And so, if we begin to see life as not having to go this way alone, mm -hmm. then we're better able to cope with the vicissitudes, the difficulties that might come along.
uh, for the loneliness that is so prevalent in depression, I like one verse that says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Mm-hmm. You could read that backwards and it still makes sense. Uh-huh. Thee forsake or leave, never will I. Mm-hmm. And so if you lay hold of that fact that you're not alone because Christ is there for you, that's the beginning of hope for you. And you use that as your cornerstone to belong. That's so good. I, I appreciate us discussing um, depression and suicide. Thank you so much for your willingness to help our listeners in this very important issue. And I'd just like to pray at this time for our listeners. Oh, gracious God, we love you and because you have first loved us. And we pray this morning for any precious listeners who are struggling with depression or even thoughts of suicide. Lord, we pray that you would remind them of the truth, that you love them, that you're for them and not against them, that all things do work together for good to those who are called according to your purpose to be made more like Jesus. Lord, I pray that those who need medical help would seek it and that they would find compassionate and competent doctors that would assist them. We pray for the body of Christ, the church, that we would not uh, perpetuate any stigma with uh, mental illness, that we would be places of refuge, places of honesty, places of transparency, and places of compassion. We pray, Lord, that uh, we would be welcoming those who are, are wounded because we recognize all of us are wounded, that churches are not museums for saints, but that they are hospitals for sinners. Thank you, Lord, for your love and hope. And we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Sit back, listen up for a short Christmas devotional we'd like to share with you. This Christmas devotional is entitled, A Long List of Relatives to Buy for Christmas. It's written by Dr. Stephen Bramer, Chair and Professor of Bible Exposition at the Dallas Theological Seminary. The scripture verse is Luke 3, verses 23 to 38. He was the son, so it was thought, of Joseph, the son of David, the son of Abraham, the son of Adam, the son of God. If your family is like mine, around Christmas time, there's a long gift list for relatives. Not just the immediate family, but grandmothers and grandfathers, aunts and uncles, cousins, nieces and nephews, and even a few friends who believe somehow they are family too. It is a time for love to be shown for the part each has played in our family over the years. Luke chapter 3 verses 23 to 38 also produces a long list of names, all relatives in the family tree of Jesus. No gifts were given to these, but their importance is seen by the fact that their names are recorded in inspired scripture. In Luke, where the focus of the birth narrative is on his mother Mary, Jesus was acknowledged to be the son, so it was thought, of Joseph. That's verse 23. 
So Luke takes the lineage of David, of Jesus back in all probability through Mary's family since Luke 1 verse 27 and Luke 1 verse 35 make it clear that Jesus was unquestionably born of the Virgin Mary. Not only to King David verse 31 and to the patriarch Abraham verse 34, but all the way back to the very first created being, Adam verse 38. Luke, in his own unique manner, through his genealogy, shows us first the worthiness of Christ to be a king descended from David, and then he shows us the ability of Christ to bring blessing to the Jews since he was a descendant of Abraham. And finally, Luke demonstrates the universal love of God when he shows that Christ came from one who brought sin into the human race. Jesus came that first Christmas to bring salvation to the human race. Aren't you glad? For that included you. You have been listening to the Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. You can join us this morning for a special Christmas Day service at 10.30 a.m. in our sanctuary located at 62 Collins Avenue. You can also write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com. Or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a savior. Savior.